Attention seekers. I want to sound cool, but I never can. Can you sound cool for once? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave that there. Uh, hey, guys, what's up? Attention seekers, we are on episode 15. 15. Wow. Come a long way. Yes. Um, so w- one of the things that I actually found out about Rosie recently was... <laughs> turns out she's an international translator. Yes. Used to be actively one. Now, you know. You yeah. still do a lot of translation Still do a work, lot of though. translation, yeah. Uh, how many languages do you speak? I speak, gosh, Italian, English, Arabic, not very basic, French and Spanish, basic levels, and Dutch fluently. So three fluently and the rest kind of basic. Six in total. Okay. <laughs> Six in total. Six in Don't total. worry about it. <laughs> but one of the really fascinating things about our conversation uh, that we don't really have on the podcast is all of the insights that you've got about um, communicating with people from your translation work. So this week we're going to learn from Rosie all the amazing things that she's managed to pick up about communication now, guys, remember that your ability to communicate effectively determines the amount of sales that you get. And that's why content is so powerful or effective content is so powerful because it accurately and efficiently communicates a message to the person reading it. And you need that, of course, to create a sort of connection, to build on the trust, to show your value. And if you got all of that, that's when the sales come in. Ooh, baby. That's my favorite. <laughs> Uh, just a note from the director. Can we get another read on that line? <laughs> You're terrible. Anyway. Anyway, so one of your most recent projects that I found really fascinating was you were working with, a, are they an Italian fashion brand? No, they are a Dutch fashion brand. Okay. Yeah. And they um, are about, of course, launching their uh, campaign for the spring slash summer collection. I cannot find my words today. <laughs> Collection. And they were they wanted to of course have all that campaign translated into Italian. Naturally. Naturally. And that's because I'm Italian, of course. So, you know, naturally they wanted me to work for them. And of course, because it's a marketing campaign. Tell us about the line first. <laughs> the line was Unleash Your Wild Side. That was one of the main titles of the campaign. And that was connected, of course, to um, their products. And that's because they use uh, all these animal prints, safari-inspired, jungle-inspired theme in their current collection. Crocodiles and Crocodiles, snakes and and leopards and all that sort of things. So that's what they wanted. And of course, because we're talking about a marketing campaign, you have to imagine this is not translating one-on-one, as we would say. So translating every word literally into the other language. But what we're trying to do is to actually create effectively an Italian campaign that still takes inspiration from the original one. You're trying to translate the feeling of the campaign. Yes, so that we can create more sales, as we were saying. So it's all about communicating that feeling and communicating in the same commercial way. But how do we do that in another language, in another culture? So this is what we call creative translation. It's quite interesting because, of course, when you do that, you really need to keep in mind that, as I said, you're not going to just look at the meaning of a word, but you're going to look at, okay, 
what kind of vibe can I communicate to my audience? So eventually while I was working on this, I was thinking and thinking and I thought, okay, I cannot translate in one-on-one as I said, but eventually I created something that was like um, set your animal side free or something like that. In Italian, it was something something like that, which you will see. Can you say it in Italian? <laughs> no, I'm not going to say it in Italian. I don't speak Italian. When I when I switch from English to Italian, I just sound weird, I find. So okay, I'm not going to do okay. that. Don't worry. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it sounds, it's different, you know, in Italian, but the vibe is the same because of course we are still talking about this jungle and we are, you know, it's a pun eventually to the look of the collection and the Italian audience will be able to relate better to it. First of all, because it will sound more naturally, more natural, um, linguistically speaking, but it will also just convey that sort of imagery in a way of the wild side and the jungle. So that's very important because whenever you are writing to make a sale, you do want to take into account, okay, what kind of emotional meaning can my words have or convey? to my audience what is the vibe what is the feeling that i want to pass on to my audience that's such good insight especially when you think okay are the words that i'm saying being heard in the way that i want them to so if you are i had this i had some company was trying to sell me something and the whole time i was saying i don't feel safe for this investment and what they heard was, well, we need to tell you how long we've been in business for. <laughs> but obviously, that's not what I was saying. I was like, I need some guarantees exactly. or some sort of uh, extra information about this. But what they decided to consistently hear was, well, tell me how long you've been in business for. And I think that that also comes down to being able to, of course, know your audience or whoever you're talking, speaking to. But it has also something to do with listening. And creating that sort of connection, you know, so that whoever you're talking to or whoever you're writing for is going to feel that you understand them very well, that you know where they're coming from, you know what kind of maybe culture they have, you know, the emotional state or situation that they're in. It's all part of this. And it all comes down to this, this sort of worst choice that you make. countries are very different now i know that sounds like a truism and obviously it is but when you translate things it doesn't it's not like one-to-one you're telling me about the the no smoking signs in italy compared to the the ones in the uk yes so of course every culture is different every culture has a different attitude towards life towards habits whatever they might be so um i remember clearly that this is also you know when i was studying to become a translator that we were observing all all these different things and that do not smoke in signs so in england you just have the sign that says very clearly do not smoke no smoking no smoking the minimal amount of words just two words no smoking and if you're lucky you get words because sometimes (laughs) it's just that simple right right that's also true and that work works very well just because english people um culturally speaking if we look at it they are people that 
like clear rules, they respect rules, and they are what we would call a low context kind of culture. So they don't need all these words to actually understand what's going on and to stick to it. So no smoking or do not smoke, that is going to work very, very well. Now, try and do that in Italy. People, that's not gonna work. We don't do very well as Italians with rules, you know, we're just like, you cannot tell me what to do, please. So don't even try. But if you ask us nicely, we might do it. So our do not smoke sign or not really long. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They pretty much are. They are like, please, we ask you kindly to not smoke in here. And then there is connected to it most of the times the old article of law, actually. So there is article, blah, blah, blah. And then there is like five sentences that just kind of tell you what the government said about this. So, you know, just to make sure that it's not just somebody waking up one day and telling you that you cannot smoke in here. It's a law, people. So (laughs) when it comes to arguing with Italians, what you have to do is ask them very nicely. And then if they still disagree, you're like, actually, subsection C... Uh, article 3 clearly states so if you have a problem with it that's fine remember it's not a problem between the two of us this is the law thank you for obeying you you may be making a joke but actually a lot of times that's how it works and that's the difference in cultures so imagine that when you are selling so if you're selling to a british person italian person or japanese it would be even more different you know there are certain things that you have to keep in mind you have to keep in mind okay where are these people coming from what is it that they care about are they maybe like a sort of culture that is more prone to being extremely formal or informal do they want me to take them off to dinner or are they just fine in a very uh, clinical business environment or you know are they happy to negotiate or do they just stick to their guns all the time and that's it you know keep that in mind i think as well it's important to look at the differences in cultures of different industries uh, or, or differences in, in sectors even. So, for example, again, to use your recent life, <laughs> you were working with uh, a camping store or business as well as a fashion business. Now, even then, you're going to have to use very different kind of language even if it's all in english to communicate effectively these two different brands because they're they they understand culturally themselves differently yeah and and it's also something that you need in a way so it's not like you shouldn't even be an option to have a different language it should should just be something that you do automatically because of course looking at the two industries there are like huge differences. So with the fashion, you can be a little bit more, you know, flirty, happy kind of person. With camping, you have no-nonsense kind of people that love the outdoors. They are just there to get in the mud and roll. Is that what you do on camping? Yeah, I'm that's not... definitely what you do. Okay, I'm not really good with you that. Get as muddy as possible. <laughs> right? So You only eat mud. And that's what you want to reflect in your language <laughs> that's not very accurate but you know <laughs> sorry campers out there sorry. <laughs> but yeah so this is what you want because you always need to keep in mind okay what kind of again what kind of audience do I do i have what how can i talk to them what do they want me to say to them so you want to make sure that even if it the, the culture will be different in in um the different kinds of businesses and industries that you target. <laughs>
touched on this briefly, but you're talking about um, sales in different countries. Yes, <laughs> sales in different countries. That's also something that in my experience, because I've worked with different people, I've lived in different countries and it's something very fascinating. So even especially if you have an international business, you cannot just expect to do sales always in the same way. It's the reason why sometimes like even the same company would have different prices for different markets, of course. It kind of reflects as well the value that somebody would put into something. Like, for example, if we go back to um, Dutch people as an example, a bicycle can be priced in the Netherlands much higher probably than a bicycle could be priced again in Italy or anywhere else where bicycles are not that important you know probably you cannot even sell a certain type of product there and that's one thing but there is also something that has to do with the communication of course so in my experience for example again as an Italian I know that if I'm working with an Italian client there is always space for negotiation it's almost like a rule you need to negotiate you need to have that room that space so that you can all find the best deal for everybody and people are fine with that now if you try and do that with Dutch people or German people I guess like generally speaking with Scandinavians that's not going to work at all they are very much like this is our budget this is what we're going to spend that's your price. We don't want to negotiate. So that also puts in a position to kind of think, okay, who am I dealing with? What is my sales process within different cultures? And that's, again, something that you want to keep in mind if you are looking to expand internationally or if you know that you have clients that are, I don't know, from the US or from Europe and within Europe, where do they come from? What, do, what is it that they expect? It's something that you always should keep in mind because... Eventually, as we were saying, communication is a big part of sales. And to have that level where, again, you show that you understand not only then your audience, but also the culture behind that audience, it's so important because it's going to change the language that you can use. I think as well, even if you don't want to do business internationally, what looking at your experience tells me is that there's loads of different personality types out there. Definitely. Like I've done I've done um, a fair bit of international work myself and I mean that's not really been the focus of my business, but one thing that I found with all my British clients have has been is that they all communicate differently. So there are some people who don't want to negotiate at all. They just can't do it. And there are some people who really love negotiating. And in fact, they don't even care about the price. That's not what we were negotiating over. We were just having a chit chat, you know? That's just that was just part of it for them. That was the the fun thing to see maybe how far they could push or understand the boundaries, maybe like feeling each other out like two two tigers. Two tigers. I mean like circling each other about to Right. Battle. Okay. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah, I get that. They, they were like, Oh, cool, you're another tiger, sick. Yeah. <laughs> No, but it is definitely true because also within the same culture, the same place, you can definitely have differences. So it is always important to make sure that you do understand again who you have in front of you and that you can sort of adapt your language. And I think it also goes depending on the price point that you have. I mean, if you're if you're asking somebody to pay like 5K for one of your services, you better treat them like kings and queens when they come to you. Take them out for a good lunch, you know what I mean? Just show that you care show that you can communicate that sort of value also through your words and your actions. 
not only through the service that is, pr is priced at that price point and that's gonna make it for you to sound very cool because you know it's not gonna work the biggest i think takeaways for for you guys is one the message that you say isn't necessarily the message that's heard so using the unleash your wild side example from the beginning you had to kind of creatively translate that into a uh, another phrase that kind of means the same thing but uh, people will different people understand it better the second thing that you said was that there's loads of little things that add up to the big stuff right so getting people to not smoke in italy instead of it being a matter of don't smoke which i think we can all kind of agree with like you know if you if you're smoking and you're around non-smokers a little rude a little rude a little bit but to get people to stop doing it, instead of being like, don't do that, you had to say, please, uh, could you just, you know, maybe yeah. not smoke so much? And it's the same thing in, in the content that, that you guys listening produce. You have to think about the little details about who you're really looking to target. Um, a, a classic example of I, uh, that I always use is, to anyone over 65, a tablet is something that you put in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> definitely <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> and finally that uh, sales in different cultures is the same as selling to different personality types and you need to be aware of the kind of person that you're selling to in 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 how you communicate with them yeah and can i say like generally speaking just to kind of wrap everything up is that one main thing that I took away from my translator's career, interpreter career, working internationally, is that value is still also the most important thing. And we say this a lot, but I think that people need to understand exactly what it is that you're bringing to the table. So it doesn't matter how it is that you're communicating it, the closer you get to their way of communicating and understanding that value you know, the sooner you will be in and the, you will make that sale. And of course, it goes back to having a clear message for yourself, something that I keep talking a lot about with my clients. You need to have a clear message. So if you have that clear message, you can communicate your value to the best way possible that is going to be closer to your audience. And that's how you make a sale. Rosie, if I have a question for you, what, what do I do? Just keep it. I don't want to answer questions. Now, I'm joking, you guys. You just write to rosie at writingwithrosie.com. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this, uh, please subscribe. Leave us a review. Leave us a review. We've been getting a, a few more reviews recently, and they're, they're an absolute pleasure to see. So uh, glad you guys are enjoying the show, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye.